The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. We talk a lot of rotisserie fantasy baseball on the show, but we're going to be focusing on head-to-head points today. Going to be reviewing my draft and the Tout Wars head-to-head auction from Sunday. Hope you'll join us on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Clay Link here with FSWA Hall of Famer Todd Zola. Good to be on with you, Todd. And as I said in the intro, uh, a focus on head-to-head points today. A very popular format and uh, one that I've really grown fond of myself. But first, how are you today on this Friday afternoon? Doing well. I wish I was in Vegas and you had to find a partner to do this, but I will, you know, it's, uh, I'll make my return. Finally, Zola will return to Vegas at some point, but not this year. Yeah, I hope to get out there too. It's a legendary weekend, but I've never been out there for main event wait Vegas weekend. James is out there for the first time, I believe. So good luck to James Anderson and his main events. Um, yeah, I figured we'd get right into this head-to-head format because I just posted my review finally. Towers went down my particular draft on Sunday, and I just got my review up. So check that out, rotowire.com. Rotowire.com slash free for a 10-day trial or try. We have a couple different variations of that URL. But uh, rotowire.com slash try. You get 10 days on us, no credit card required. Just your email, and then at the end of 10 days, we're not going to charge you because we don't have your your billing info. You can decide at that point if you want to give us your business. But, Todd, obviously moving from a Roto League to a points league, Requires a pretty big shift in thinking, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, one's road and one's points. Oh, wait, you want more than that? It's, it does. Honestly, that, that pretty much covers it. <laughs> it's pretty basic. Stuff. It, it does. And we've talked about it. We've written about it. But the a lot of the uh, statistical balance, obviously all of the statistical balance that goes on isn't as important. It's just hitting versus pitching and when you want to jump in with one or the other related to the scoring. And then it has to do with how you adjust versus replacement versus the hitting hitting pool versus the pitching pool. And in this particular league, 
that it, it's kind of skewed because you allow changes for both hitters and pitchers on Friday, correct? Yes, there are up and down moves for both hitters and pitchers on Mondays and yeah, Fridays. So that kind of that kind of messes up replacement and because you're gonna you you know you can you you can stream you can do this it, it makes it a little bit more it, it just variable with the actual valuation. So besides the fact that in points leagues you could do the perfect adjustment replacement versus hitting and versus pitching. But if the room's not making that adjustment, it's you know you're drafting all of one or all of the other because I'm doing the right way. But then you get shortchanged on one or the other, and it's not so much, I mean, so much shortchanged with points. But you're just picking from a weaker pool, and the end of the day, your your team isn't as good because there's all these pitchers that you liked and you already filled in your pitching. So I don't get overboard with I got to find the exact proper replacement point. I mean, I just if I just kind of get it so that. Well, yeah, you know what? Hitter replacement smaller than pitcher replacement, so I gotta make this adjustment here and there. Uh, but I don't; it's not so stringent because you are adjusting to the room. And I, I guess you need to make a catcher adjustment regardless of the league. And um, and then it's just a matter of you know. It, but this is an auction. Besides the fact now, so now you got your pricing. Now you throw in the fact that it's a twelve-team auction. Which basically you just you know here, here's what you do with values of a twelve team option, okay? You know that's it. That's that's my. Yeah. Uh, I hope I didn't need that. Um, I it's my scribble paper. Hopefully it wasn't like a like a W nine or whatever. Anyway, um, your W two or whatever. You, yeah, the 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 ten ninety nines or something. I have those. I have those elsewhere. They're in a non rippable point spot. But the point being um, is, we'll talk about. There's you know. This this particular league likes to go extreme stars and scrubs. There there were I was disappointed. There were only fifty six one dollar players in this particular auction. We've had up to seventy two in this league before. Yeah, I, I think I heard that stat on the XM broadcast of the show. Pretty wild that you know I was contributing to that too. I've sure. uh, skewed away from that stars and scrubs approach as I wrote about in this article. Uh, thank you to Ariel Cohen for share, showing me the errors of my ways with stars. Well, and you, you, I don't know that's errors. I just think it's it's an alternate path. Ariel does yeah. well. People that go stars and scrubs have done well. So, so yeah, I mean DVR has done well. You can make it work, but yeah, I don't feel like that's the best way to go about building a fantasy baseball team in an auction draft because you're putting yourself. It's like punting a category. Why kind of climb uphill from the start? There's just no reason to, and. Uh, I also feel, also feel like it's kind of a cop-out. Like, it kind of takes you out of having to find the differences between players in the in the mid, mid-range. mid You just kind of pay up at the top, and you have your sleepers. And I, I just found, for me, it was kind of a, a cop-out in past years. You need to be really disciplined in knowing when to start to buy the players. And yeah. that comes from experience. I heard people talking on, on the Fantasy Sports channel, which is better, and they were basically saying – it's better to play the middle game when you first start. I disagree with that. I think when you're in your first auction, you, you go stars and scrubs because you're guaranteed to spend your money. And yeah, leaving if, leaving money on uh, the table is the worst thing you can do. Yeah. And I, I, I was, I mean, I would say surprised. That's not what I'm looking for. I was curious to see what this league would do because a lot of times newcomers to an extreme uh, stars and scrub or, you know, auction like this end up leaving money on the table. 
And I think the only newcomer was our friend Micah, Micah Henry. And he didn't. He did fine. So uh, yeah. made the adjustment and no one left money on the table. Yeah, that is one thing you don't want to do. Um, but yeah, I've just, you can make it work. I just, again, I don't think it's the best way to go well, about this will be curious, right? in the auction. See how you, yeah. you, you've competed it before. So let's yeah. see if you compete this way. Yeah, that's true. I was in the mix with Stars and Scrubs, but a perennial bridesmaid, as Howard Bender said on, <laughs> on XM. It was a real burn, but no, I, I <laughs> um, but yeah, I want to thank you, Todd, and the rest of the Tout Wars board for including me in Tout Wars. And thanks to Ariel and you know Paul Spore and others for teaching me lessons that I've been able to carry forth into other leagues and formats, even. Uh, so this has been a really fun league. I love Roto, but uh, this, this individual or this particular points league has kind of opened my eyes to how fun this is just good old fashioned fun. Yep, and I think it is important to kind of have your finger on the pulse when it comes to the general public and try to do that. But I'm so roto focused. This has kind of helped me expand my horizons. So I've been really having a lot of fun with this league. Well, let's first dive into the format. Let's just lay this out specifically. It is the CBS points format. We don't have a universal format yet right. for points in fantasy baseball. Well, the winner not... of this league gets to okay. choose which one they want. Yes, I, I sort of stepped on what you were pointing. I, no, yeah, we, I thought you were going to talk about we don't have a universal for tout wars. And the, the, okay, so but you're right. That's part one of the issues with uh, points leagues is uh, you know ESPN, uh, Fantrax, CBS, Yahoo, NFBC are all different, and uh, so yeah. you know it makes for a challange. But in football, there's PPR, non PPR, but everything it's, else. Yeah, four points for standardized, yeah. but four not, points for not touchdown in fantasy baseball, right? Yet. right. Four points for touchdown pass, six points for touchdown pass. That's less of an issue. True. But, yeah, no, you hear, yeah, in, in football, you don't even have to ask if it's PPR anymore. You just assume it. So on the hitting side, a single is a point, a double two points, triple three points, homer four. So correlating to total bases there. Uh, RBI is a point, run is a point, a walk is a point. Then you get a negative 0.5 points for every hitter strikeout. Two points for a stolen base and then minus one for caught stealing. So again, you kind of throw categories out the window and you really, with that, you have really no incentive to, to chase stolen bases. You do get points for steals, but the trade-off, in my opinion, Todd, isn't worth it really in, in any case. I mean, obviously you still want those high-end players like Boba Shed and Trey Turner, but the premium those guys get shouldn't, shouldn't be there in a points league. Right, right. And a matter of fact, you may even consider stolen bases more risky than home runs. So the the confidence level that a particular player achieves a stolen base projection should be less. So, you know, if I'm looking at two players and one guy, you know, has more homers and the other one hit, steals more bases to get their projected points, I'll go with the homers guy because I feel safer. Absolutely. Then on the pitching side, a win is seven points. A loss is negative five on the pitching side. Save seven points. Quality start three. Strike out 0.5 points for your pitcher. Base on balls negative one. Every inning pitched is three points. Hits allowed minus one. Earned runs minus one. Hit batsman minus one. So the big wrinkle here is the innings pitched three. So every out recorded on the mound by your pitcher is a point. Obviously, the... Uh, you know, walks, hits, earned runs are going to subtract a lot from that. But this really 
puts a, a premium and pushes up volume and, and starting pitching. Correct. And I think most most points leagues have innings pitched as a uh, one of the categories. It kind of uh, changes per league, but that's kind of common. And um, as you'll explain in a moment, because there's a little bit of a roster quirk we have with the pitchers in here, innings pitched, it's – it's nothing. It's something you don't want to overlook it when you're when you're valuing your players. Yeah, it's so vitally important. Now that, as we'll get to, doesn't take closers out of the mix completely. That emphasis on volume, uh, but it does really. You know, it, Kyle Hendricks. You may not really think about this year in a twelve-team mixed league. Still, has a lot of value. There's a lot of innings. So that is kind of the number one big wrinkle in my opinion i plug the scoring system into the rotowire software as you should do mm-hmm. with any points format you plug it into some software it doesn't have to be ours but i will say our ios app when i check today is number three in the ios store so i recommend you uh using the rotowire fantasy baseball draft kit 22 especially if you have ios devices and eight of the first 12 pitchers or players projected the top 12 projected earners uh among those top 12, eight were pitchers. So that just speaks to the, how much pitching gets inflated here. And, right. And but starting that, pitching in particular. Right. And that speaks to the replacement I was talking about before, because the back end pitching is going to project higher than the hitters. So when you make that adjustment, the list probably comes out more even. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, obviously you want to, you don't want to skew too heavily. And maybe if you go, straight off the projected dollar values, you could go a little too heavy on the pitching side. And maybe I did. Actually, my split was kind of close to 50-50. It was like 52-48. So you don't want to get too crazy on that side, but you do. I do think it's wise to skew more of your spending toward pitching given the scoring system. By the way, you can see the results for how many many Towers drafts were there? Like Seven. Seven. Seven, yep. And they're all in one handy spot. So thank you guys for, for making that freely available to everybody. It's in the same Google Doc. You can go to toutwars.com. I also linked to it in my article. Uh, spreadsheet, very valuable stuff, and I'll concentrate it in one spot. And you guys offer a lot in season too, especially, you know, the uh, the early publication of Fab. I think this you know, toutwars.com is a great place to go, especially if you're scrambling late on a Sunday to do Fab, a great starting spot. Yeah, we, we're going to have the tout table posted up fairly soon, early next week, where we ask the touts a question. And we get a lot of good responses. Right now, you're getting all the you, – you, you send the link to, to Peter Kreutzer. He'll post the link for your piece. So all the – all the everybody writing about their postmortems of their drafts are, are located there. And as you suggest, when we run FAB, what we do is we post the results really quickly. Um, some clown has this table, and he just drops stuff in, and it generates a table, and he – Drops it into the Tout War site, and if the, t- the Fab's at eight o'clock, he usually has it out about uh, eight twenty-five, eight thirty p.m. So uh, I try to get that done pretty quickly. We don't offer analysis; we just offer the the, the names and the bids. I love that though. That's all I would need to see. In, that's um, yeah, yeah. In my younger days, I'd stay up till four in the morning and write up the Labor and Tout Wars because they both ran at midnight. I'm not so young anymore. <laughs> so uh, if someone wanted to take that over, they're more than welcome to. But uh, yeah, that'd yeah. be a cool thing for somebody to maybe grab by the horns. Like there you go. I mean, that's, I did time. I didn't look at me now. But uh, anyway, yeah, Kiss I, the I, yeah that, that's that's what it says. Is uh, you know, for your, all your efforts writing up fab, that was on my top words, <laughs> my 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 health. Anyway, but um, yeah, and right now we've got the uh, 
the table with the, like I said, the link with all these drafts all on the Google Google sheet. Doubt Wars is coming out soon. Uh, Peter Kreutz's baby where you can shadow draft the leagues and there's prizes awarded. And you know, if you shadow if you shadow draft the league, and if you win the league, we give prizes out to the Dealt Wars people. So that should be coming up soon as well. So, yeah, it's uh, we try to stay try to stay involved with the league. You know, obviously, interest fades as as football comes on and some other things. But we have pretty good engagement. We've got seven yet leagues. A lot of the younger younger folk, ladies and gentlemen, on the uh, in the on Twitter, are keeping it up. So we uh, we've done a good job engaging on Twitter with some of the younger people who kind of grew up with social media. Yeah, that's great. And yeah, Towers is a great in-season resource uh, along with the draft resource and appreciate you guys pushing those live because yeah, I do my research. I usually have my bids in except for some weeks where I'm less scrambling, but I usually have mine in and I kind of fact check or kind of double check my work against the other bids. Maybe I missed somebody. I'm like, Oh yeah. This guy, you know, was bid on the AL league. I'll maybe consider him or throw them on my waterfall and just have him as a backup. Yeah, we've got the NFBC in a couple hours afterwards. So some people yeah. even use those as a, you know, kind of a, if, if, if only to recognize the name, you know, oh, I should have thought of this player. So yeah, cross checking. Yeah, yeah, I think it's yeah. super valuable. So again, thanks. Uh, but back to my draft in this Towers head to head points mixed league auction draft. Uh, Walker Bueller was my top guy. Now, the projections on Rotowire through the scoring system had him at 34.2. I like him a little bit more, so I was thinking maybe 36. But at that point, uh, I think Bueller was the 15th player nominated. There was already quite a bit of inflation in the room. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I could go over a couple bucks because, again, I didn't want to leave money on the table. Do you think that's something that you should do is gauge the dynamics of your auction and Maybe if you notice some spending, maybe go up a couple extra dollars on a few players just so that you're kind of at least on pace with the rest of the room and you're not going to be in danger of leaving money on the table. Yeah, so the key is, I mean, the number you got from the Rotowire online software was the projected earnings. So if you paid more, well, you're you're going to take a loss. But then you say, well, I'm going to I'm going to get so much profit at the end that I can afford to take a loss or two at the beginning. Then the next, you know, the correlated, you know, the the the, the counter to that is, well, you're always going to get that profit at the end. Why take the loss at the beginning? Why not jump in the bidding where you're not taking a loss? And that's where the that's where the caveat is. That is where the experience comes in. You better you better jump in where the prices have gone down and there better be enough players available. So that you can fill out your roster, you can leave a you know you can leave a. This is kind of like a hyperbolic example, but you could leave with twenty three players that you have priced at you know fifteen dollars, and you got them all for ten. Wow, that's great! You get five dollars profit at every player, but you left thirty bucks on the table, mm-hmm. right? So it's that that's kind of the the yes, it does make sense. So I don't know if cop out is the right word. Um, but I do get your, I do get that thinking that by spending overspending, it, it makes it easier to spend it all. And you don't force yourself into that, that trap of, and there are ways, and we've talked about it. I know I've talked, written about it where I keep tiers, where I keep, uh, how much I want to spend per spot versus 
my rankings and how much they were projected. And once there aren't players to fit into my spots, I move my, you know, $35 spot, no more $35 players. I'll take $10 from that spot and distribute it among the other spots. And if you, if you stay religiously to that sort of setup, you'll, you're going to jump in at the point where the market and your numbers match and there's enough players to fill all your spots. So that's, that's sort of the key. Uh, but you know, getting getting a, a overpaying air quote overpaying for a couple of players, no, there's no problem at all with that, especially uh, because the the valuation and projection methodology are so flawed that you said you had him priced at 34 and you spent 38. That's almost within, six, but yeah, yeah, that's I, within I, the I, error of that's within the error of the valuation and, and and projection. So you're not even really overspending. Yeah, I just I thought that was within range, especially given the inflation in the room, that it just made sense to uh, start and start investing in some some good players. I uh, didn't want to invest all in the middle middle range. So we talked about how this point system emphasizes volume and innings. So you may see my purchases of Josh Hader and Liam Hendricks and be a little confused. Hader at twenty bucks, Hendricks at twenty two. Now, I was listening to the XM broadcast of this auction, and they seem to be kind of, you know, crapping on me a little bit. That's all right. Uh, not, you know, it was all in good fun. But they did not seem to particularly understand these prices. They mentioned that, you know, maybe I tried to set the market, but I didn't set the market. And they made good points that, yeah, you ideally you have some RP-eligible starters to put in those two designated RP spots. And that all sounds great, but I've found in theory, this is where one where, you know, the experience has really taught me a valuable lesson in this league. It's all good in theory, but in practice, I've found it actually really is beneficial to have some good closers because if you, with the up and down moves every Monday and Friday, that's, you know, nine times two, that's 18 pitching slots to take advantage of every week. Chances are, even if you have a bench full of starters, you're not going to have 18 starts mm-hmm. on your team to take advantage of. So, you know, trim that down, have a couple relievers locked in and then filter your, your starters through the other 16 slots you have on your pitching side on a weekly basis. I've, I've found over the years myself and I've, I've hurt myself by doing it and others seem to have some dead spots in those half weeks. And you came up with such a smart point there because uh, that was kind of what I was alluding to with innings earlier. That you got to keep that in mind in your scoring system. That's that's where the that's where the um, the the bulk pitchers we're talking about here, right? That's people think that the bulk pitching is is the way to make up the market inefficiency. But as you suggest, unless they have two starts that week, you're going to be taking a zero uh, in so, one of the half weeks. Yeah, right, right. So. Um, I can see what they're saying. What I what I think that what it means is, for me anyway, I'm more I'm I'm I don't mind taking because I mean you can use the bulk pitcher as a start. In the, the, the you have to have two relievers. The yeah. other seven can be anything. Uh, yeah. So and those relievers, well, those pitchers in relief spots don't necessarily have to be relievers. They just have to have reliever eligibility. Which is actually there's a, 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 a near controversy. That we uh, serendipitously didn't have uh, Peter and Curtis Kreutz and I uh, spent a little while yesterday figuring this all out. But I mentioned Micah before uh, left the draft, and we thought he only had eight starters and one reliever, and didn't have a reliever eligible pitcher. 
So he pointed out Luis Severino relieved four games. Eligible. He he was released four games last year. But the problem with that is the Tout Wars rules, um, you kick down, if you don't have, in this case, five or a batter, 15 games played, it's not the most games played at that position in the MLB. You've got to go to the the most games played at combined all leagues that you played in. As an example, Kevin Smith uh, batting, excuse me, um, 14 games at third base, and that was it. Well, a couple of DH. One, the most games he played was 14 at third base. He's not third base eligible in Tout Wars. We go down to the minors, and he played the most games at shortstop. So in Tout Wars, until he gains eligibility elsewhere, Kevin Smith is shortstop. So using that principle with Severino, we went to the minors, and of course, combined, he had four games as a starter. So now we've got four games as a starter and four games as a reliever, and you got to give him both at this point. So he does have relief pitching eligibility. But if he had one more game as a starter in the minors, then he would have been a starting pitcher. Now maybe maybe uh, Micah knew the rule and he would have drafted somebody else. But uh, you know we were we, we caught a break in that it was covered in the rules and we're going to clean up the the clean up the the writing of that. And um, I also don't I don't like the rule where I think. Uh, back to Kevin Smith, most leagues have him eligible at third base because they use the major league eligibility. So we're going to have a discussion, uh, knock on wood, in uh, in uh, October in uh, somewhere in, in Arizona. The board will get together and, and talk about these rules, and that's one that I want to bring up. I think we should go to the – change that, in which case Severino would have been a reliever because the four games he pitched last year were in relief. Well, real quick, before we move on, we got to take care of a little bit of business. So uh, stay with us. We'll be back after these quick messages. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. And now we are back on the Roadwire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Clearly here with Todd Zola, reviewing last Sunday's head-to-head points league auction, Tout Wars. Great field. Uh, Frank Stample won last year, and... I fell to Ariel Cohen in the semis. Frank, with with the win, he gets to choose the scoring system, and he chose his uh, his site, CBS. No surprise there. Uh, we're talking about you know the decision to invest heavily in a couple closers. I just found that the price wasn't as high as it should be because again, you know, I also got Corey Knebel and you know, Andrew Kittredge. So in those, you know. 18 slots every week. I'm going to be able to cycle through pitchers, starting pitchers through about 14. I just, you know, that, that criticism that, well, you just need to get more relief eligible starters. Well, that's great, but you're not going to have, you know, one of those guys is going to start on a Wednesday and then you're going to have a dead spot Friday through Sunday. So I just want to have fewer dead spots and relievers just set and forget and then cycle through your starters in those other slots. Xander Bogarts, Aaron Judge, $23 respectively. Uh, This format kind of makes this essentially like an OBP league, so I was pretty happy. And I'm breathing a sigh of relief, Todd, because I'm starting to get a little nervous about this whole New York vaccine mandate thing and Aaron Judge and, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, Rizzo and whoever else. But it sounds like, at least what I saw yesterday, is that they're going to be lifting that for athletes and entertainers. So mm-hmm. um, I'm feeling a little bit more confident in drafting Judge where I have him. No, for sure. And you, I mean, can we can we say we knew it was going to get taken care of? We, I suppose, so, we sure I mean, hope was, so. I mean, yeah, I, the Toronto deal is a different story, but the, the, we're going to figure the baseball out. So it was just, you know, we don't want to get political, but there was an issue, you know, they have laid off workers in February. So we had to figure, they had to figure out a way to make sure everything was cool and, and fair amongst those that have lost their jobs that aren't being paid millions of dollars, like an Aaron judge, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So um, hopefully New York will and has figured something out and we can go on and then we just deal with Toronto as you know, the deal there is can't cross the border unless you've been vaccinated. So th- there is a possibility that some teams, aren't with aren't at full strength when they go play Toronto. Yeah, that's still in the mix and kind of still worries me for some AL East players in particular, but um yeah, at least they'll be able to play their home games, it sounds like. Will Smith of the Dodgers, I was kind of laser focused on him. Maybe I overpaid a little bit, but two catcher league, that's I'm happy with him at 24. I think he could be the top points scorer at the position this year. And then Alec Manoa 
the broadcast crew kind of criticized this one as well. They made some fair points. The general points were you need to be disciplined, not married to any player, and, and no one to walk away. I threw that all, th- all out the window and overruled those <laughs> wise points for Manoa because I think he's a special arm. And in this, well, in this, I mean, the volume is – I feel good about his volume, let's say that. Well, looks. I mean, the better, the best way to judge that is let's. See, he's twenty-one, so we got Morton and Verlander at nineteen, Berrios at nineteen, Robbie Ray twenty-two. Um, so maybe uh, a I don't know. Frankie. Frankie Montas at nineteen. This is the range. Yeah, this is his range. I don't think he reached. I mean, I see a couple pitchers that I you know that I like a little bit better, and I see a lot of pitchers that I like worse at the same price. So I mean, this this is the tier. You know, this is the range. So I, I don't. I don't, I don't agree that that that's. I mean that that would be a reach. Well, again, I do think they made good points, and they were, you know, very kind with their criticism. But I, uh, I just disagreed in this particular instance. Like, I yeah. do think it's very wise to, it's wise to just not be married to anybody and go into a draft, right. not laser focused on guys. And maybe I need to get better at that. But man, I'm excited about Alec Manoa. And I, I agree. I look at that body, and I see a bunch of. I see a workhorse. Yeah, I agree with the, with the with the idea with the with the statement. I don't agree that you were so married to him that you overpaid. Mm. You know. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, twenty one, I'm happy with. So, especially yeah, given you know I'd had Bueller, but no other starters yet, and I felt mm-hmm. like he was the last guy who could really give me bulk innings. Then I really kind of dabbled in that in this next tier where. I really couldn't live when going stars and scrubs, but I was able to get Bobby Witt at nine, which surprised me. I didn't, you know, I thought he'd probably push up into the mid teens. Max Muncie for seven, Mitch Hanniger for 11, Dansby Swanson at eight, Luis Garcia 10, Kyle Hendricks four, Sonny Gray six. Again, this is a kind of a range I just kind of had to avoid going stars and scrubs, but I'm really happy with the, the quality of the players I was able to get in single digits here. You you don't you usually don't live in that range. It's kind of a no. it's kind of a rush to you know yeah, it is. get a, get a twenty one dollar Mitch Hannigan for eleven. You know <laughs> it, no it is it's it is cool. like that's stars and scrubs is fun like you're riding high after those first few but getting all these values in the mid range really it's does not, kind yeah, of it's kind of a spark rush. you yeah. yeah you know Verdugo etc. So no I, I you know when this I've been playing it's kind of weird. we've had opposite philosophies. I've been playing in the middle and I wanted to, I wanted to spend more. Um, I didn't quite, you know, go $40, $30 players, but I wanted to, because if you spend too much in the middle, you are fighting with other, you know, because there's always, as you find out that even if you go stars and scrubs, there's that one more guy that you can spend on. And when there's 12 people that have one more guy, that's 12 middle players that get taken away, you know, or 11, because you're one of them. So the, 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 you don't always get the bargains in the middle because you know there's always that one more guy that wants one guy, and it's not quite as bad in a points league, but in a roto league, if you play that game, it, it could be a stolen base guy, it could be the best third baseman, and that that player just gets just accelerated or inflated way more than he should. But um, I do I do like if you the money management if you're good at it, whether you go stars and scrubs or modified stars and scrubs. Uh, I think that is where you make your hay, and that you know that's where Ariel makes his makes his move. And you know, look at some of the players Ariel got at below market from whatever twelve to twenty. His roster is just loaded in that range. 
Yeah, going stars and scrubs last year, I made it to the semis, as I said, but then I went up against Ariel and I had a good team. But one through 23 is what matters, not yep, one yep, through yep. 10. It's one through 23. And I took a page from yeah, his he, book building this he, team. He did kind of crush it, didn't he? Yeah, he's oh, in the postseason last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he did kind of. I thought he, I had a good team, and then, but I just did not have the firepower. Yeah, he did kind of crush it. By, to be, to be me, honest, yeah. <laughs> but he didn't win. Us. But he didn't win. Yeah, but I just every night going up against him, I look at my roster, look yeah. at his, and you know, I got some good players. But I also have like Manuel Margot as my fifth outfielder, and yeah. Brendan Rogers at second base on the road, and yeah, <laughs> it just. Taught me a lesson about one through twenty-three last year. So thank you again, Ariel Cohen, who was on the XM show this on uh, Thursday. So go yep. check that out if you missed. Yep. Um, so yeah, I was happy to to get a lot of these players here. And Max Muncie, I gotta say, it's seven bucks, and in drafts too. I have to say, Max Muncie is feeling like one of the top like market inefficiencies on the board right now. I sounds like he's gonna be ready to go. And he's not going to have to like throw across the diamond much. Although they, I heard you mentioned they played him at third base in the spring game, seemingly to just yeah. and let everybody know he's he's a a okay. And they got the <laughs> DH to play with now. I really don't have many concerns with Muncy. Right, and you kind of mentioned something else earlier about this particular league. It's it's akin to an OBB league. Yeah, and he's an OBB monster. So I think there there's the injury inefficiency, and then there's also the if you didn't plug it into a scoring system and you're just kind of drafting, you don't realize how well he scores in this league. True. Now I mentioned that this last group of players, the Bobby Witt, Muncie, Hanniger, Swanson, Garcia, Hendricks, Gray, I couldn't really live in before. And then this next group, I would just always have to sit back and just cringe as these values fall <laughs> off the board. But with the more conservative approach, spreading the budget around more evenly, I was actually able to be in on these guys and bid them up when I saw a crazy value going off the board. Paul Spore went the stars and scrub route. He he tried to sneak in Jonathan Scope for a buck. I had to bid two because I mean, an everyday guy with that volume, yeah, probably shouldn't be a buck. So it was, you know, there's a rush in that mid tier, but then in the end game too, it feels good to not let values slide. Letting values go in the end game when you don't have any money to do anything about it can be pretty darn frustrating. Yeah, and it, like I mentioned, this there were fifty-six one-dollar players. It turned into a draft pretty quickly, but you know there is a point where you've got three or four guys that you know, got you know seven spots for a dollar or maybe ten dollars, and so you can go up one on on one or two of them. So you you know you put your little star next to them, and once they're off the board and they say, "Yeah, everybody's the same," you're willing to go down to that dollar days. But you're right, you're right. There's always a two or three players that you want to go two or three on to and make sure you get them before they're all the same. Just another guy. I don't mean to pull a Barry Horowitz and pat myself on the back too hard, but we did get, we were getting down there and I noticed a few teams with a max bid of five. I can't say I was looking at every team and, you know, really mm -hmm. taking into account their max bids really closely, but I saw a few max bids of five. So I threw Cabrian Hayes out of five and crickets. Yep. So I was pretty damn happy about that. I mean, yeah, the steals at third base don't matter in this points league as much, but everyday playing time, and I think this is a player who could take a step forward. Right. So let's see. He well, yeah, he is your is he the only well you have Taylor. Taylor's eligible third and Bobby Witt, right? So you do have some coverage there. But um, no, I agree that that's the kind of player that, that's nice to get. And um yeah, the run production it won't be so great with Pittsburgh, but they'll have enough that that he'll warrant the five dollars for sure.
Yeah, again, that's one where in the mixed league roto, you're probably more interested, but I thought that was uh, the price was right on Cabrian Hayes at five bucks. And Conforto, I've been ending up with Conforto a lot. Four bucks seems good, but I'm starting to get a little nervous, Todd. I I have no issues of you know, no concerns about him finding a major league team. But at this point in spring training, do you think it's maybe getting a little late for him to be ready to go on opening day? Like even if he signs after this podcast, could he get up to speed in time for opening? I, day? I don't I don't know what he's doing now. Is he getting yeah. Is he taking batting practice with a college team? I'm, I don't know. Is is Rick Porcello throwing him BP? Um, I, you know, I, I, at this point, I don't know. But probably I not guess... throwing him BP in his showcases. Otherwise, Conforto <laughs> yeah. would have a team. <laughs> exactly. So no, I don't know. Um, I'm not as concerned. And you know what, though, I mean, in this league, for four for four bones, he is your outfielder. And let's see, you've got McCutcheon, who I kind of like. Um, and if you needed to go out and get somebody that you can, you know, you can go out and find somebody to play outfield. There is a fab period before the season begins the Wednesday before the opening day. So if he has, you know, if you're, if you sign, you know, over the weekend and you're not comfortable, at least for the first couple of weeks, either you just put McCutcheon in or you go out and you fab a guy and you're all set. I was pretty pumped to get Trey Mancini at three, of course, great comeback story for him. And as scary as that that issue was with with cancer, I don't think that's something you you know build in miss time in the future for. I mean, maybe he requires more treatment. Let's hope and, and pray he doesn't. But um, that's not something where I'm like docking him expected playing time in the future myself. Uh, do you think the park changes hurt Mancini a little bit? How how are those changes at Camden going to affect Mancini? On paper, they do. Yeah, but we it, it's yet to play out. But yeah, I guess and. If the, if you are buying the dip at that, you you know it's baked in. So sure, on paper it has to hurt him at least for power, but maybe he gets more doubles. And in this league, maybe it's not as important because it's right. It's the difference between a homer and a double in roto. It's just like a it's a hit for batting average, but here it's only two it's only two fewer points between four for a yeah. homer and two for double. So it's not nearly as important. Yeah, that's a good point. Like. He'll he'll have gap, gap power at the very least, like yep. good gap power, even if the homers are a little lacking for a regular roto league. Then Alex Wood three bucks. That was one where had three bucks remaining. Maybe you know I could have just got him for a buck, but I didn't want to leave money on the table. Uh, Especially <laughs> spend all two sixty four appearances. Mostly. Well, not just that. There's another reason. Alex Wood's really good. Well, no, he's also really injury prone. And oh, if, he gets, yeah, if he's out for the year, you get more fab back. One of the things this league does oh, good is point. It, yeah. it rebates um, it rebates fab yeah. for injury. It has to be on the IL. And if you if you decide you don't want to wait for the person to get healthy, you can uh, release him and you get – so in this case, uh, it's 10 times their, their salary. So you get $30 back, keeping in mind that we have a $1,000 budget. So you always want to – and I had a discussion about this on the Baseball HQ forum. Why did I forget who it was um, go for like eighteen or nineteen? And uh, I think it was Anthony Bender. And w- once you once you have, if you spend, you know, spend it because if the player were to get hurt, you get extra fab back. And yeah, you know, that is a nice thing in this league. Like I, yeah. I haven't really taken advantage of that idea. Like you know, a couple times, but 
you uh, you can stash guys on unlimited IL, but it's right. That's probably the other best thing with to wood. just refund refund that fab. Depends. I mean, it's a long term absence, of course. In a mixed league, you know, in, in, in an only league, it's really up to decide because you know, do I want the hammer at the deadline and all sorts of situations like that. But yeah, you, you also mentioned there's an IL, so there's no reason, no reason not to to bid on Alex Wood when he's on the mound. He's really good. He gets hurt, you have an IL, and if he's out for the reason, out for the season, you get the money back. And you know, like I, he would be a guy that I would be, you know, he would be my plus one at the end if someone else would have uh, have nominated him. And then the reserves, Andrew Kittredge was my first pick. Then Jonathan Loizaga, Nestor Cortez, Andrew McCutcheon, Jesus Aguilar, and Hunter Green. So I got some more innings, but then also a couple relievers to filter in when I don't really have have the starters to, to fill all 18 slots in, in the half weeks uh, between the half weeks, I should say. And Hunter green, I, I guess they're saying they're not going to trade Mally. Who knows? But Luis Castillo is now hurt. He's is he now, for opening day? I don't, I think, I think, cause I'm, I, the notes that I read, it sounded like he was hurt, but he no longer, or, you know, sore and he no longer is. He's just behind. Okay, he advanced recently advanced a long toss, but that's a ways away from being game ready. But it's not hurt. It's uh, just that he was yeah. hurt and he slowed down. So yeah, he's going to miss a start or two. But I think he's being penalized as if he's hurt right now. Hmm. And maybe he is, and you know, or, and maybe it is more of a concern. He got hurt once; he can get hurt again. But it was just some soreness, and he's just slowed down. And instead of thirty-two starts, he starts thirty games. Yeah, all right, you knock him down a peg or two in rankings. But he took a he took a nosedive in the in the main event last night, like pick 155 or 165, something mm. like that. That's just to me, that's 10th or 11th round. That's just that's weird. And of course, I'm a little higher on Castillo in general than than the market. So that coming from that perspective, but I I have not both he and Wheeler, I think, are getting too. And I, I noticed in your B Clay Link League, Wheeler went in the third, so that there really wasn't a discount there. But um, I just I think that if it is just soreness and it's just that he a week or two behind in preparation, I'm not concerned. But get it, you know, get him doesn't start in the cold weather. That's good by me. Yeah, tongue in cheek. If he misses a little bit, that may not be the worst thing. It's yeah, I guess we don't know the extent of the injury. March 22nd, we had a note that slowed by shoulder soreness and may miss the start of the season. I guess he's not even a lock to miss the start. Uh, but yeah, I think that or you have just, to downgrade him a little bit at least. Or whereas he may have been the opening day starter, maybe now he starts the fourth or fifth. Yeah, game. maybe he doesn't miss a full turn in the rotation. Right, that's, that's possible too. Even if he's not ready to go right on opening day. And while we're on the topic of the Reds, I mean, again, I got Hunter Green in reserves. Maybe Nick Lodolo you take in reserves. Um, but Tyler Malley in our Rotowire Stake League, I got him for five bucks. That was a 14 team mix league. I couldn't really believe it. I guess that was a pretty Brewers heavy room, but no love for Tyler Malley. It seems like it seems like he's slipping a little bit for some I, reason. I got him for 14 in NL Tout Wars, and I was happy with that. Yeah, that's I didn't low too. I didn't expect. I mean, it was, I was not price enforcing because you know I'm happy with it. Therefore, it wasn't price enforcing. What I had done is I had had three pitchers that I liked. One of them being Louis Castillo. Another one, Zach Wheeler. Uh, and actually, Logan Webb. I had uh, three. I'd like to start my rotation, and I at this point, it's in auction. You can do what you want as far as uh, strategic 
nominations, I threw out all of the next level of, of pitchers. I knew I wasn't interested in them, uh, but I didn't want them to, you know, fall. To, I didn't want a $16 pitcher, $16 pitcher going for eight because he took so long to be nominated. So, you know, Molly for me was a, you know, $15, $16, $17 pitcher. And what I don't, I don't think I got crickets at 14, but I think I put him out at 11 and maybe some 12. So 14 and that was it. So, like I said, I wasn't, enforcing it was just well and i didn't plan on getting him but i'm fine with him at 14 so i think there is some stigma all right it's cincinnati and he's only had the one year of success and it wasn't so much one year of success previous to that he was terrible well maybe not terrible wasn't very good Mm -hmm. uh so i think there's still a you know in the back of our minds there's uh you know i need to see especially in that park i need to see him do it longer uh, in order to trust. So we'll yeah, see. He got rocked in great American last year, but I don't, yeah. and Jeff has mentioned Jeff Erickson has made a good point that, you know, do you want to draft a guy who you're not really feeling good about starting at home, but, and he did have bad home numbers, but I don't think, you know, moving forward, you'd necessarily have to bench him at home every time. I mean, especially with right. the pirates and Cubs. Right. I don't think you out. draft him thinking, no, I can't start this guy at home. Ever. Um, You'll figure it out. Yeah. I think there's still a lot of, lot to like with Tyler Malley. But yeah, I just wanted to throw that out because I couldn't believe nobody bit him up. It, it seems like the general public just does not really like Tyler Malley all that much. Well, we have to take a quick break. I got to bring you some words from our sponsors, but then we'll shift focus to a Roto League. The Beat Clay Link League went down last night, so uh, we'll talk briefly about that 12-team mixer here momentarily. Are you looking for a new platform for your fantasy baseball league? Fantrack's Free MLB Fantasy League Manager is the most customizable, easy-to-use, and feature-rich platform in the industry. Fantrax offers the most in-depth player pool in the industry, including minor league players. Fantrax offers Dynasty Keeper, Redraft, and Best Ball Leagues. Coming from another service, Fantrax makes the process easy. Fantrax can import any of your current leagues and customize if need. Sign up for free today and be entered to win Fantrax's MLB game day experience, which includes tickets to any MLB regular season game for your entire league and $1,000 toward travel and accommodations. All you have to do is host your fantasy baseball league on Fantrax to be entered. The more leagues you create, the more chances you have to win. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash Rotowire and sign up today. Also experience a new way to play daily fantasy sports on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is an exciting player prop fantasy contest. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up for Thrive Fantasy today and receive a free six-month Rotowire subscription. Here's how you can claim your free Rotowire subscription. One, visit rotowire.com slash thrive. Two, deposit a minimum of $10 and receive a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Then three, Play in your first paid contest and receive a free six-month Rotowire subscription. And then finally, do you think your betting skills are good enough to win you tickets to the Final Four? It's time to put your money where your mouth is. Better Edge is giving away a trip for two to the Final Four in New Orleans. All you have to do is join their contest at betteredge.com slash Final Four. Better Edge believes sports betting with no fees should be the norm. And odds are it's legal in your state. Check it out and enter their March Madness contest for a chance to win a trip to the Final Four. Head on over to Better Edge 
bet.com slash final four. That's B E T T O R edge.com slash final four terms and conditions apply. All right, Todd, as we wrap things up, let's shift our focus to this rotisserie league five by five beat clay link league. Part of the Rotowire Online Championship, you did your beat Todd Zola League, uh, what last week, right? Yep. And uh, St. Patrick's Day. Nice. And yeah, we're all gunning for that one hundred fifty thousand dollars overall prize. So there's an individual league prize, of course, but then there's that that chance to to really reach for that reach for the stars and get that one hundred fifty thousand dollars overall prize. And that's what I was aiming for. And to do that, I want to you know get my foothold in every single category, and so. Speed, speed, speed. In that points league, stolen bases don't really matter at all. But here, where I need standings points to compete in, in the league and the overall standings, I need my steals. So I'm going to get my steals, as Lieutenant Aldo Rain might say. But um, Bo Bichette and Tim Anderson, two of my first three picks, Max Scherzer sandwiched in between. I had a little bit of hesitation going with a, a second you know, shortstop-only eligible player within three picks, but the need for speed uh, kind of overrode those concerns. I know this didn't happen, but, but you know, for people that may be curious or whatever, hypothetically, Bichette goes third. So it's, it's Turner, Ramirez and Bichette. What are you doing for Soto? Uh, James and, asked me that too. And uh, okay. I, it'd be Soto for me. Maybe you push up Cole. I don't know. I think maybe some NFBC players would do that, but uh, I think in a I'm not 12, quite I there guess- on Cole. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm on. I'm on Cole, but not number four. Yeah, Cole. Yeah. yeah, I think. I think in a 12 team league, I mean, I, I'm going Soto in a 15 team, but uh, in a 12 team, I'm more confident that I'll be able to get the steals that I need later on. Um, so I hear that. I just wanted to keep my options open. And, oh no, no, I'm yeah, saying I, that, I, no, I, no, no. The hypothetical is if if Bichette's gone, where yeah. would you have gone? That's all. Because um, so you maybe would have considered somebody else other than uh, Soto. No, I, I would have gone Soto, but like I say, oh. I mean, I would have done. In a 12-team, I'm much more confident that I'll find my – in a 15-team, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not averse to the mile straw route. I'm not planning on it, right? I'm not hoping for it, but I'm not running away from it. I will, I will go that route if I need to. That's fine, um, but not, just remember there's only one mile straw in the pool. So. There is, but there's a Manny Margot later. There's a Vidal Brihan later. There are, we take shots on speculative closers. There are speculative stolen base options later. So it's, I again, I'm not, I'm not, the idea be, I don't know that I would, uh, I'm trying to think how much would be forcing or who would I be forcing it with? I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, jump up a stolen base guy. I wouldn't take, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take Tim Anderson in the second just okay. to get steals if I took Soto in the first. I hear you. Yeah. I In a 12, especially, you don't have quite the same pressure, but I did still want to build up my base early. Yeah, yeah. To no, keep my sure. options open with later picks. Will Smith of the Dodgers got him in the fourth, so got him in yeah. head-to-head points, and then here in this Roto League. And then Chris Bryant in the fifth, uh, again, picking from the four hole. So Bichette, Scherzer, Tim Anderson, Will Smith, and then Chris Bryant. My first Brian chair, I had some FOMO. So when he was still there, I was I was pretty happy. Him and him cores should be pretty darn nice. And that third base outfield eligibility, dual eligibility is a nice bonus. And there's 10 steals there too. Yeah. I'm I'm in the in the in the league I did, the Beats Azul League, I'm PO'd. I don't think it's FOMO. I don't know what the 
what my what the bias would be. I'm PO'd at myself. So that's what PO poem. I'm poem. I'm PO'd at myself. Uh I should have taken Brian in the seventh, not the fifth, the seventh. Oh. And I let him go. I mean, I had I planned on to, I mean, that's what I wanted. Yeah, but he wasn't reason, with Colorado then, though, obviously. Uh he was. It was like it was oh, like right really? after it was like the day. Oh, it was like man. it was like the next day. It was like that same day. So oh, yeah, I people, think you said that to me. Yeah, I was, I was like, I, was like, I meant that. I wanted. I think I took Kettle Marte instead. So we'll see. Now, am I going to pay for another draft just to take Bryant? I don't know. Never say never. <laughs> I'm going to do an auction though, and uh, I wouldn't. I, I may. I may see. I may may go hard after Bryant in an auction because you mentioned that third base outfield, and if you are trying to build a little bit steals a little bit there and there, he's you know he's a ten steal guy, which is exactly what you want. You want a couple of twenties. You know, like you got, and then you you can't just stop. You yeah, need another 10, 15, 10 here, twelve there, and he's going to get to those. And you got uh, Evanson Garcia, who's going to get you a few more. You got Verdugo, Segura. So you've got the you know the six or eight here, ten and twelve there mm-hmm. to back it up. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with how the speed built up over the course of this thing. Polanco, yeah, and uh, yeah, Polanco's in that mix too, and. Yeah, Avisil Garcia's got some sneaky sprint speed, so I'm hoping mm-hmm. he maybe runs a little bit more with Miami. And yeah, Chris Bryant with that third base OF. I switched in between third base and OF probably four or five times throughout this thing, just kind of depending on what I was looking at with my next pick. Ended up settling with him in the outfield uh, with Jamer Candelario at third and then Trey Mancini a little bit later in the draft, round 18. Uh, but then in the sixth round, I went Charlie Morton, Justin Verlander. So... <laughs> My average age for my top three starters is 38, I believe. Uh, Max Scherzer, Charlie Morton, Justin Verlander. I know you're not a big Verlander guy. That aside, for this year anyway, given what history tells us about a guy attempting to do what he's done at uh, what he's doing at his age, coming back from Tommy John. But just more generally, do you think I skewed too far with the old starters up top? No, no. I mean, the guys. I mean, no. Um, you got. Let's see, Scherzer was the one, two, three, sixth starter off the board. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Six you know, I mean, I, that's how I, that's why I prefer to look at it. Then, and then of course the goofballs that like to take saves in the second round of a twelve-team league jumped Hater next. And then Wheeler <laughs> did not get a discount, and then it took a while to uh, to. I mean, Urias was next, and so no, I mean he slaughtered in just fine. Now Morton, he, he got you know broke his arm, but he's fine. I mean he. Is he now at the I'd rather be one year too earlier than one year too late? I don't know that he's reached that yet. I think he's fine. And let's see, who else went? Let's see. Um, all right, so Morton, this is the sixth round, so it's coming back. So you just missed we uh, – we, I combined the two. Webb and Freed, right? You were probably looking at one of those guys, and they both went just a little bit. All right, well, yeah, you know I like Manoa, Kevin. Right, you know I like Kevin right. Gosman, so yeah. – I would have I would have taken Kevin Gosman there, but you you know oh, I like Charlie that. Morton, yeah, right. But I'm going to be honest. I mean, I would not. It's not so much I would have taken Verlander. I don't like any of the pitchers that kind of went. Well, I, I I like Barrios next, but I wouldn't have taken him at that point. So I you know I would have probably gone a hitter there and hoped to make up pitching a little bit later. But looking at the two hitters you got in those next two picks, you know, probably not a bad idea that you got a pitcher at that spot. I mean, Polanco yeah, I almost Abreu. jumped out of my seat when I. Yeah, got the chance to draft Polanco and Abreu eight nine. Yeah, thrilled with that. Then I grabbed Luis Garcia of Houston. Just a caveat, or not a caveat, but just a warning for anybody drafting in the NFBC this weekend. Uh, 
if you click on Luis Garcia of Houston in that draft room, you're going to see a white guy for the Kansas City Royals. Don't panic uh, too much like I did. I was all set to take him, then I was scrambled at the last second thing. That's not the Luis Garcia I want, but I just think it may have been like an ID photo matching issue or something. Probably. I'm pretty yeah. sure I got the right Luis Garcia, uh, hopefully. And then Corey Knabel. I found the price to be great on him. And then my second closer was Jake McGee in the uh, 20th. So we, you know, generally the kind of cheaper route, but with McGee in particular, you know, Camilla Duvall went 12th and then McGee 20th. I don't understand that gap between those two. Neither do I, uh, especially because McGee was a man all year. And all right, I guess I understand it. I just don't agree with it. You know, people are looking at what Duvall did at the end in the, the fastball and the playoffs, et cetera, but He's wild. He just, uh, well, you know, McGee got, was it COVID or was he hurt? I forget which, but there was, I think he may have even had COVID, which is why he needed to be replaced for a couple of weeks. But I I think you mentioned it um, on the show we did today for XM. I think it's a coin flip. And now the difference in rounds is not a coin flip. No. Eight round gap between two guys who, you know, 50 50 chance of the job. And I do think McGee's just a better arm. Camilo Duval's got an electric arm, but he doesn't really know where it's going a lot of times so. right so suarez went robert suarez went in the 20 second yeah, uh pretty early well 23rd yeah i don't know yeah so i mean i'm thinking so you got mcgee a little earlier than that so yeah you know, i mean i don't know if you're playing chicken with him at that point i kind of was on suarez but yeah so the, the I secret's mean, I out think, i think although he's not a lock to close no not at all not, I think the secret. I think the secret that he's an industry favorite is out. Yeah, I don't know that the interesting secret, spec. For sure. Yeah, I don't know that the. I don't. I don't think I haven't heard a word. And I, uh, not that I've been bird dogging the San Diego newspapers, but I, I. I don't think we've heard much yet. And yeah, I don't think we're going to learn anything right away either. But um, and that's that's a scenario that may be that may go into the season before we know who's going to get the bulk of the saves. Yeah, maybe like an extended trial yeah. or audition for all those guys yeah. um yeah he was in my queue robert suarez but he went uh in the 23rd so yeah i grabbed you know eric lauer before that to round up my my active roster then into the reserves gavin luck was still there i didn't have any you know pressing need anywhere i felt so i thought let's take a shot on gavin lux in the upside i know they've already got some guys hurt uh AJ Pollock, I believe, is banged up, and Chris Taylor isn't playing the field quite yet. So, looks like he has a, a blocked path. But man, I can't quit this talent. And I mean, it sounds trivial, but releasing Matt Beatty is just one less roadblock, if you will. I saw they DFA'd him. Yeah, right. I mean, for DH time, I mean, there's there there's ample flexibility to cover. I mean, Freeman for the three games that Freeman doesn't play. You know, you move Muncie there, and maybe that opens up, you know, time for Lux. So, yeah, Lux is one of those guys where, I mean, it's not as applicable on a 12-team, but it's one of those, you know, it's because you really kind of need to be playing every day. But, you know, one injury away to one of six players, and he's suddenly a full-timer. Yeah, so I hadn't really been targeting him in previous drafts, but he was just sitting there with my first reserve pick, and I thought, Let's just take this flyer on Lux because still young and highly touted prospect. Then I got Jonathan Lewis. I mentioned him and with the uh, points league. I, I just really like the stuff. 
And Carlos Hernandez, I've been seeing James Anderson draft Carlos Hernandez of the Royals everywhere, and I had some FOMO on him. I just thought, heck, James isn't in this league. I might as well get one Carlos Hernandez share. I do have one question, an honest yeah. question. Um, why Danny? Why why Danny? Jan, why another catcher in reserve in a twelve-team league? That's a good question. I just felt like Danny Jansen was, you know, the best option available. Honestly, I got it. And plus, I feel like I'm going to have some injuries behind the plate. Maybe uh, with Narvaez, they got some lefties due up on a weekend. And uh, basically, I just kind of want to alternate Narvaez and, and Jansen kind of I guess I guess I see the difference being I, I don't think I'm ever going to do that yeah um, I guess maybe be, I wish I could have had that one well back. you do you got this fab I mean you can I'm just yeah, more curious go. um now that Kirk is going to be playing some more DH there's more spots for Jansen yeah, exactly. point being, Jansen finished really strong yeah he did and he's got a pedigree I mean he better defensively it's just you know you can take a spec closer you can take another you know streaming picture there um yeah i, just, I was considering yeah. like stalmont at the end but i couldn't fit him so yeah, maybe i could have gone stalmont I, w- I mean i was i'm glad you didn't say it but i mean you, i know you're not the brewers fan but you are in the area i was gonna afraid you was gonna say something like you know i was at the laundromat and i heard someone say that narvez is banged up a little bit because i've gotten a res in a lot of places thankfully i haven't heard that no <laughs> yeah okay i could have just asked if narvez is hurt because that was that was the question i really wanted to ask but anyway <laughs> <laughs> i mean he could be by the time we're done with the show, but I uh, nah nah. That was more sun where I, I was looking at the uh, bad X like catcher rankings on Fangraphs, like the auction calculator, and I just saw Danny Jansen staring me in the face. And I thought, you know what, having a little bit of insurance there sure. might be good. But you're right, in 12 team, I probably didn't need to go with a, well, a third. Plenty of time to, to to change that up as well, too. So, yeah, and but, uh, you make a good point that it does look like Kirk's going to be DHing a lot. So Jansen, you know, could have a Pretty clear path, to like you know, sixty-five percent of that work. Yeah, behind I mean, the play. from a strategic point of view, the point the other point I'm getting at is, if Narvez, if either of your catchers gets hurt, there's gonna, you know, you're gonna be there's gonna be a decent, per, you know, relative. There's gonna be someone there to, to pick up in free agency because you don't. There's not a lot of backup catchers that are kept, mm-hmm. uh, so you get somebody. And so, you, all right, it, it means worst case scenario is you can't replace one of those catchers. For three games, mm-hmm. right? Because if he gets hurt, you know, during the during those three games, you can't replace him anyway. True. And if he gets hurt early in the week, if you had it, so you're missing out a zero for three games. I mean, some people insist on having a backup for every position, mm-hmm. and they, including a catcher, uh, which is fine too. Now, let's see, team, you know, since you don't have to take, all right. So this kind of speaks towards, you know, catcher catcher strategy in general. Team team six who took Garrett Cole number one, their 29th and 30th pick with their starting catchers, Aaron Nola, Austin Nola, and Jacob Stallings. Yeah. You know what? If I'm waiting for my last two picks for catchers and I end up with Nola and Stallings, I'm not complaining. Yeah, that's really not bad. They kind of a savvy move on, on that part. But I would say Will Smith and Omar Narvaez significantly better tandem than Austin. Oh, oh for sure. Oh, and no. that gives me a leg up. No, no, absolutely. It does. Yeah. I'm just saying, rel- I mean, if, if that was the strategy, yeah. I would, you know, I'm not saying I agree with the strategy, but if that's the strategy, I'm pretty good with it. Cause I, I'm thinking I'm seeing uh, Stacy and I know he just signed and, and Bart, uh, Eric Haas was drafted earlier. I'm seeing a lot of catchers who I would not have, who I would have taken. Who I wouldn't, I mean, who I think should have, gone and you know, 
Nola and Stalin should not have been on the board. Those those should not have been the last two catchers drafted. Yeah, I I don't hate that. I again, I I'm happy with my tandem, and I think yeah, no, for that sure, gives me edge, but. Maybe he can make that work. Daniel Hudson, I got uh, pretty excited about him, just given, you know, the K rate, the velo bump. I know he's getting older, but uh, stuff seems to be intact. His arm seems to be healthy, and I'm kind of fading the notion that Blake Trinan's going to be the primary closer. I know he's done that in the past. With Oakland, he was the man as the closer and one of the best in the game. But uh, I've said before, I think Dave Roberts is making it pretty clear that he likes – Blake Trinan as his fireman. And I think teams have kind of shown that that's really the best route is have your best reliever be flexible and, and put out fires whenever they come up and not boxed into the ninth. You know what? Hudson is also, you know, he, he could be a fireman too. Yeah, that's so, true. That's I mean, true. I'm not, I'm saying go I'm either not, way. I'm not relative to the pick. That's just how good his skills are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That, that's an interesting scenario. I don't know that either of them, our multi-inning guy, I'm just trying to, you know, the thing about having a Hudson until we know what the, what the usage patterns are, um, you know, he's, if he gets a couple of saves early, he may not, he may not be in your lineup to get him. You know, it's just one of those things. True. That could, that could burn me on occasion, especially if know. they do spread things around. But they're not going mean. to somebody else. It's, that's what I say to myself at this point, at least someone else doesn't get those saves. Yeah. I forget. I was looking for the exact quote earlier, but I think, I saw a quote from um, Dave Roberts that he said something like, "We the Dodgers would be worse if we, you know, limited trying yeah. to, to closing duties exclusively. So I'm kind of fading that notion. And certainly the increased price on trying it. Uh, you mentioned Danny Jansen. Then I rounded things out with Evan Longoria, the most boring player in fantasy probably, but decent bench option. Then Tony Kemp, I, I mentioned I had Josh Stalman in the queue. Maybe I could have gone Hunter Green with some upside, but... Uh, Kemp should play every day, and I, I felt I felt I needed a bench outfielder. Plus, he brings bonus second base eligibility, and he's going to hit high up in the order. I mean, it's not the greatest order, and not the greatest. Shouldn't he part. run a little bit more? Like with them, he needed to manufacture runs on paper. Whether yeah, yeah, you know, we'll see. But yeah, on paper, he should. Well, I finally just want to thank Greg Ambrosius and the kind folks at the NFBC and Roadwire President Peter Shanky for this opportunity to play in the Roadwire Online Championship and chase that that grand prize. It's a lot of fun. Thanks to everybody who signed up and took time out of their Thursday to uh, do this last night. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Todd, as we wrap things up today, anything else on your mind that you want to mention? Yeah, you think I would put a little prep into this because you always ask me this question and you know what sometimes i remember to do it and and sometimes i i don't remember to do it but i didn't really remember to do it this time so uh i can't i don't have anything pithy to add i was actually just reading the dave roberts quote to try to find where if he if, to find his quote and the one i'm reading doesn't it isn't have that uh doesn't have the answer or doesn't address what you were talking about, but um, yeah, I what need I to come up? check see. on that. So don't All right, what do I hold me up? to I, those exact words. But. You know, what we can do this is Friday and people listen to this. Um, we can tell fit people that we're together again tomorrow. Oh yeah. We're on uh, we use that? X so, Yeah. So why don't I pretend that I knew this right away? So what else is on my mind is I'm looking forward to talking to you again tomorrow, Clay on the one to three show. Cause uh, is that, that's usually you and James. Yep. On Saturdays. So yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So, 
uh, they're Jeff Erickson and James are both at the the main event in Vegas. So uh, I think Jeff is coming back in time to do the show with me on Sunday. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. I don't recall. But I think he is. But yeah, so we're we're together again, and we, hopefully, maybe we'll have, each have a game on in the background. I know we'll be reporting spring training action, but it'd be nice to have a game on in the background, no? Yeah, it really would, man. <laughs> I know you know this is a, kind of a while ago now, but congrats to uh, Justin Mason. I think you said right. it. You've said it a bunch, but on the Laura Michaels Zen and Now Award, very much well deserved. Does a lot of great work in the industry, and yeah, thanks and great job on everything with Tot Wars last weekend. I know it was a busy one for you, Todd. Job well done. It's an honor to be a part of it and looking forward to playing out this points league. And yeah, if you're playing in points leagues, maybe uh, give us some feedback. Let us know maybe the individual wrinkles in your league and kind of how you play things. Hope you'll join us next week. We'll catch you then on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.